Halleluja. Halleluja. Oh, glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord. The Bible says, let the righteous rejoice. I like what Psalm 68 says. It says, let them exceedingly rejoice. Exceedingly rejoice. He says, let them rejoice. And he says, let them exceedingly rejoice. Nothing makes you more happy than knowing that your sin has been washed away. And you've been declared guilt-free in the presence of God. That's why he said the righteous will rejoice because you know that by the blood and by the work of redemption that you have access to the very throne room of heaven. And, you know, I found out something. Sometimes people, you know, they just kind of try to explain how what it means to be joyful. But, you know, I found out, you know, joy is a fruit of your spirit, just like love is. And every time. Your spirit begins to, to push through with those treasures that are in you, the, those giftings, the, that really, that power that's within you. It always causes your flesh to get a little bit uncomfortable. I, I mean, you know, you just begin to rejoice in your body and your flesh and your mind. Oh, will just always resist. Always will resist. The Bible says that, it, that, that in Galatians that it will resist the fruit of the spirit. But, you know, when you know what's in there, you just yield to that. And he says, we have joy. We have love. You know, have you ever been upset with someone and, you know, the love of God's telling you, you know, you need to just go and just let them know you love them. And everything inside of you saying, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to say it. I don't feel like doing it. And I'm not going to. But yet, you know. Or somebody's done you wrong. Yeah, somebody's somebody done you Somebody asked you about them. And you and the and the Holy Ghost tells you you just tell them that you they're better love covers. They're you better, blessed. You, you cover. Better say they're blessed. And you say, yeah, but I just want to tell what they did. You I know, mean, I heard what some I heard some pastor say it like this. He said, you can tell how your relationship or your fellowship with God is by the way you see other people. I mean, I, mean, I know that make you want to shout, but so, glory to God, so, it's true anyway. Sometimes they'll ask you about someone, and you won't say anything. You'll go. Yeah, just the way. Well, you just said it. <laughs> but the you Bible know, but says. But it will take faith to go, you know what? They're a great person. Yes. And they're really a blessing. Hallelujah. Because I mean, you walk away and you're like this. And, you know, you'd be surprised how much progress you make when you just begin to love people the way God loves them. But well, that's so a work of the, you did it. It's a work of the Spirit. Because well, joy, the blood of Jesus washes away. Yeah. Joy is also a fruit of the Spirit. You know, in fact, you, you know, you get the love thing right, and the next thing it shows up, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And, you know, I just found out something about rejoicing before God. You know, I'll just tell you what. Some people say, well, how do you explain it? Well, I just need to take my medication. How about you? How many of y'all think that, you know, you walk around this town, you probably got drug stores on every corner just about. I mean, people just looking for every way to be medicated. You know, the butterfly flies in their window and they can sleep at night and they're just, woo, that feels good. And I mean, you know, and then they'll tell you about all the side effects. Uh, you might not be able to see if you take it too long. Uh, you might start feeling numbness in your extremities. Uh, your hair might start falling out. And I mean, you know, as a watch for these signs, well, you know, because it's side effects of the medication. I found out the Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. You say, what's the side effects of a merry heart? Healing? Strength? Joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, you get stronger when you learn to get happy. You just get stronger. I'm just telling you, you get a lot stronger. And sometimes you say, well, does your flesh ever feel funny? Oh, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Most, Most of, of the, the time. time. You know, you're about all saying, the time. Do you understand what that looks like? And I say, shut up, body. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. My body is not in control. My flesh, my spirit is in control. You just be, hey, I listen, I found out a long time ago that if you will enter in in praise and worship, you know, if you will actually learn how to put on the garment of praise yeah, in here, put it on. You I put mean, it on. if you just go ahead and just rejoice just because you know that your sins are washed away, you don't even need a good reason. You know, you know, I got my Toyota paid off. Glory. No, 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 that's not a good reason. You want to rejoice because you know the blood of Jesus Christ has given you eternal freedom that is secure. And because of it, you've been set free from the plan of the enemy. Now, there's a reason you can rejoice whether it's raining, whether a sun's shining, you paid your bill or you didn't. 
Are y'all with me? Oh, glory to God. You can be seated. Psalms 103 says, I like this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, blessing the Lord is, when you start blessing the Lord, you just begin to become aware. You know what a benefit is? You don't, you know, a benefit is something, you know, it's not like uh, overtime. You know, well, if I work a little harder, I'll get it. No, no, it's part of the package. Yeah, you just got a benefit. You just got a benefit because you are you are in the place. You are employed by the one who has said, I'll give you that. You know, that's just a benefit for being my employee. <laughs> a benefit. You know what I'm saying? Not a flesh fit. A benefit. <laughs> I like to tell people, listen to this in the King ja- or, or the message. It says, these are the benefits. Now, this is what, this is a help you. This is a, you know, the, these are the green pills, red pills, blue pills. This is the stuff that actually, this is your medication uh, information. He says, he forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Woo, glory to God. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. What about this one? He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Nor pay us back for our wrongs. Glory to God. I like this. He does it as high as heaven is over the earth. So strong is his love to those who fear him. As far as sunrise is from sunset. He has separated us from our sins. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I like to say this. You're not trying to get it to happen. You're blessing the Lord because it has happened. happened. You have been (laughs) delivered from your enemies. That's why you can have a benefit hey glory to god it's the truth oh, oh, some of y'all hey. having to uh, hold oh. your nose to take your medication aren't oh, you oh yeah go ahead though oh, go ahead and just get happy in spite of the way you feel just hold your nose and swallow that joy and just let it out because there's healing in this house there's healing in this house Come on now, your flesh will try to hold you back. It'll try to keep you back, but you just say, no, no. I live by faith in the Son of God. I walk by faith. I receive by faith. And I thank you, Lord, my faith. Like Brother Hagin always said, keep the switch of faith turned on. You come in this room, we got electricity in this room, but you'd never know it if somebody didn't flip the switch. It'd be dark. And you'd think, oh, we don't have any lights in here. Yeah, we got lights in here. Nobody flipped the switch. What happens when you flip the switch? Oh, my. The lights come on. Let me tell you, faith is like flipping a switch. Instead of saying no, you say yes. Instead of sitting back wondering why, you enter in and say, yes, Lord, that's mine. That's what faith is. It's just like flipping a switch. (laughs) A life of faith is what you're made for. That's what you're made for, honey. You want some designer clothes? Start living by faith. Uh Oh, And say, I'm free when you feel like you're bound. Say, I've been delivered when the (laughs) devil's been trying to condemn you. Say, Jesus Christ loves me when all you feel, all you feel is like you've been left alone. Say, I belong to God. And I'm not without help when you feel like there's nothing around. And what are you doing? You're turning the lights on. That's designer clothes. Yeah. Designer clothes. Everybody likes designer clothes. Oh, the Bible says we have the new garments. We says that he said, put on the new clothes. The ones that are created by for you by God in Jesus Christ. Oh, you say, oh, I just, my flesh needs a thrill. I'll need to bungee jump. Honey, just walk by faith. You'll get a thrill. Oh, yeah, just step on out there, you know, and go, whoa, I guess we can build that new church. (laughs) Wow, you'll get thrilled. I know, I can tell you, (laughs) somebody in here is really having to just say no, flesh. I'm moving in the spirit. You know, you can take over. You can take uh, control of that place that seems uncontrollable. You say no. The Bible says resist the devil. You know, I can't resist him for you as much as your pastor would love to. He can't do it. There is no place in the Bible where it says God will resist the devil for you. But the Bible says you resist him. 
The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Oh, I tell you. One translation says, he'll run as in terror. I read a joke I came a long time ago. I'll never forget it. This little boy lost his dog. And he, he was so sad because his dog had died and his mama was trying to make him feel better. And she said, honey, he said, she said to her, she, the son, she said, son, listen, you don't have to feel bad for old rascal. He's in, he's in dog heaven. She said, he said, well, what, what do you do in dog heaven? She said, oh, everything he loves to do. He's running around through the fields, chasing squirrels. He's just so happy. And the little boy thought for a moment. And he said, dog heaven must be squirrel hell. <laughs> And every time people start rejoicing, I think about that. I yes. think about how that what we're we're it's like, it's like wow. joy unspeakable and full oh. of glory, a foretaste of heaven. Hey. And I think, man, the hey. devil must be in hey. squirrel hell about oh. right now because yes. the people of God are just not letting nothing Ooh. keep them from enjoying the divine <laughs> privileges and rights yes. that are theirs in oh, Christ hallelujah. Jesus. Honey, go ahead and give the devil some yes. squirrel hell. shout i mean it might crucify your flesh but it'll sit you a little further out in the spirit oh yeah <laughs> Ooh, when you learn that honey you just oh, like, you're gonna make some advancement even without even feeling oh, like you it. may be seated praise the lord Ooh, glory to god well tonight was even different than last night wasn't it Ooh, glory to god and i tell you if you missed any of them man Do the chicken walk. I know. Tim is really missing this. I know. I know. He's called me every day trying to. My phone has been off every time he's called. I got I to gotta call him. And I all of a sudden just got drunk. So said, how did you do it? Remember what we said? If you don't get it in the beginning, you'll get it in the announcements. You'll get the announcements. You'll get it. In the, you, get, you just keep on going until Hallelujah. somewhere. You know, where, you know where I got it? When she said, have everybody look at each other and say, What'd you say? I got the victory. I got the victory. You got the victory. You got the victory. So I, I looked at this girl right here on the front row. And when she looked at me and said, you got the victory, the Holy Ghost slapped me. And then she just went, wah! <laughs> <laughs> I was gone. <laughs> That's what it's like. That's why we have you say well, things to one another. you know what the Bible says about us coming together? It says, uh, uh, stir up one another. Stir it up. One, one translation stir. says, provoke one another. I know some of y'all like that better. I, they just I provoke know, they, me. They just provoke me. It says, provoke oh, one good. another. Well, I mean, you know, one translation says, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness when, of sin. When, when your pastor was sharing about, just go ahead and act like everybody else. So then, what was it you said? That you won't, you won't stand out. You'll fit in, yeah. You want, yeah. You, yeah. That's right. You'll so, fit in, and so I'm telling you, I got, and so, and uh, I was thinking of what was I? Th- oh dear Lord, oh God, help me think. What was I thinking? I'm telling of? you, everything looks better when think, you drink. Think, think, think. And the longer you drink. I mean, the better that everybody looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh everybody. yeah, everybody looks real good in the natural. I mean, you know, people just look better. You drink. I'm, I'm telling, telling you, even if you're ugly, you look good. Hey, hey, remember in Acts 13? Uh, some of you husbands are going, oh, hallelujah. Anyway, actually, the wives are saying glory to God. Praise the Lord. Remember in Acts 13 when they ran him out of the city? Just kidding. I love what kidding. the last scripture of Acts 13 we says. We haven't taken the offer Run yet. Them out. You're all beautiful. Run them out of the city. You know, anybody run you out of somewhere? I like what somebody said. They try to run you out of town. Just get out in front of them act like it's a parade. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was anyway, saying. The oh, last scripture of Acts saying. 13 says, I love this. We were saying. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. You know, that was the very beginning of the first missionary journey. Are you taking it? What if they had gotten just, just, what if they had. What if they had gotten snockered? Yeah. They did. Oh, they That's did. That's exactly what happened. They got filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. Now, I've, I don't know what that word means. I just heard it. Yeah, right. 
This is not a Christian comedy club, in case it's your first day here. Yeah. This yeah. is not a comedy club. It's Christian not? No. <laughs> it looks awful a lot like one. Well, you know, nothing's oh, worse than a sad Jesus. preacher. Re- really? That, hey, that's the saddest Nothing's thing. worse than a sad that preacher. Mike my, my Hankins went to, uh, that's Mark's brother. Uh, you guys just think Mark is wild. You've not met the rest of us. They are wild. Mike Hankins went to a funeral, and he said the preacher got him and said, He's looking at his girl. He said, Ethel, you know, he's just dead. He's just dead. Dead, 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 you know, dead. And he was looking at everybody else. He said, and you will be too. And he said, this is the last time he'll ever breathe. And Mike Hankins said, brother, he said, I wanted to grab that mic and say, this is the last time for you too, buddy. You'll never breathe again. Whoa, but this... Uh, Nothing worse than a sad preacher. Sad preacher. Sad. That's sad. I'm just trying to connect the dots for you. I know you were trying to figure out where she's going with that. I know. I know. This is not a two-way mirror. You see me, I see you too. What does she mean by that? Okay. I had a story. Please bring it back. Is this the Holy Ghost? Oh, yes. When he was sharing... Uh, we were doing a Holy Ghost meeting. Some people drink to forget. Maybe Mark that's what we're church. And uh, the, everybody was running. The kids were running. And the kids, I mean, they had the kids. They had the teenagers. I mean, and the kids, it seemed like that night, they were just had a lot of energy. <laughs> they kept running. And I thought, you know, I don't know how much of this is in the glory, but you know what? I'm glad they're in the service, and I want them to let them go. I didn't care. Just let him go. Actually, that was the night the drummer got healed in his ears and many, many other things happened. And so, and so after the meeting, a man walked up and he went, said, Not to you, to the pastor. To the pastor, he said, I'm just mad. I said, why are you mad? He said, why are you mad? He yeah, said, it makes me mad seeing all those kids, kids running. Kids up there running around. He said, that was just the flesh and that just made me mad. And the pastor said, okay. He said, let's say, this is why he's the pastor. <laughs> Let's say they were all in the flesh. He said, would you have rather the whole church been mad, no, glad and in the flesh, or would you rather they've been like you and mad and in the flesh? <laughs> Did it? Uh, One sweet little girl got it. You almost told it wrong, but I helped you. But it's true. It's true. You know, I'll tell you what, I'd rather... I'd rather err on the side of rejoicing than I would on the side of complaining. Because I'll just tell you, the reason they stayed out of the promised land is because they complained. And it wasn't in church. It was when they went home. I tell you what, I didn't like that. Uh They complained. At home. So you say, well, you you know. You remember that. We were at a church not too long ago. They said, we know now who you remind us of. You remind us of Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) I said, who am I? Does that make me squiggy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good, Ray. Ray said something glorious. Praise the Lord. God. How many of you know God's got a plan? Oh, hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. I woke up this morning and I heard, I mean, I was just, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll, if I have the time, I just kind of sit there, you know, because the Bible says he gives me the tongue of the learned that I may know how to speak a word in due season to the, to him who is weary. And it says morning by morning, he awakens me. And, and you just hear sometimes in the morning before your mind and your thoughts get all cluttered, <clears throat> you know, you can just hear the voice of God and really, you know, the, the more you you un, the more you know the word of God, the clearer and more distinct it is to hear the voice of God. Because when God speaks to you, I have found that He'll take that word, this living word, this Holy Ghost breathed word, and He'll use it to enlighten your mind and to, to cause you to see things. You know, like one translation it says, the the path of the righteous is brighter and brighter. It says it's a glow in the dark scripture. And, you know, where you see nothing, he'll just all of a sudden, there it is. You see it. And I heard this this morning. I got up and, and uh, I, I heard the Holy Ghost says, uh, something better. Something better. 
something better. You know, sometimes people are always looking for something better. You know, like they're, you know, they're, you know, I'll trade my car in. I need something better. Or, you know, I'll, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get a different shampoo. I need something better. You know, or it's something better. You know, I'm going to make something better. You know, and it's always just trying to make it better, better, better. But how many of you know God has something better? He has something better. And when I heard that, I don't know, you know, the devil will try to use it in the wrong context. You know, like where you are is just not good enough. You know, but when he, when he's just trying to, he really, when he does that, when, when you'll know the difference because the devil's always trying to get you to unhook before you get to the, you know, the Bible talks about as long as the earth remains there's seed, time, and harvest, seed, time, and harvest or the law of sowing and reaping. But he always tries to get you to, you know, uh, you know, just abandon ship, so to speak, before you get to the reaping time or the harvest time. And if he does that to you, you know, that's why you always have to be, I, I would never, ever leave a church without, unless I could leave on a note of victory. Never. Because what you leave with, you carry to the next place. Never. You say, yeah, but there was something wrong there. Yeah, but God can cause it to be uh, turned to victory if you'll believe him for it. And you just say, thank you, Father, that everywhere I go. I mean, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, thanks be to God who, who always causes me to triumph in Christ and makes manifest in every place. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ in every place, makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Yeah, everywhere you go, you can just believe God for victory. doesn't mean that everything everywhere you go will be right. But it does mean that as far as your association with it, it will be right. You understand? You know, someone else might make the wrong choice, but that doesn't mean you have to be wrong too. Hallelujah. You know, so it's just a principle of living the life that God has for you. If you're ever going to... Separating the men from the... No. This is separate... You got it. The... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, glory to God. Somebody brought their friend not to our service not too long ago, and they said, well, it's been a, a, while, a little while back, and they said, she punched, the girl came up afterwards. She said, you know what my friend asked me during the service? She said, she punched me and said, how long did it take those two girls to work up that act? <laughs> I said, did you tell her all our life? It didn't just happen by accident, believe me. And it ain't no act. So praise the Lord. But so, uh, so, you know, I'm trying, I'm hearing this something better, something better. And, you know, and so, so, so what the devil wants to do is, you know, he wants to just wear you out. He wants you to just keep struggling. And so that, so that you're, instead of living where you are ahead, you know, like Jesus told when the devil said, uh, you know, when Peter said, and, and Jesus said it was the devil, uh, he said, uh, you know, no, Lord, you don't need to be crucified. And Jesus looked at Peter. This was in Matthew 16. And he looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. In other words, he said, no, you're not getting out ahead of me. I'm not responding to that. No, no, I'm not living my life responding to what you say, devil. No, no, I'm staying out ahead with the word of God. You stay behind me. Well, that's how you're able to actually accomplish something in your life. So something better. And I immediately, immediately thought of the scripture. And this is just on top of what else I, I, I thought I have for you tonight. <laughs> Happy hour, two for one. Glory to God. Woo! Because when I heard that word, I thought, I, I got to give, give you that scripture because, uh, uh, you know, it's just important for you to understand what it means to have something better. And the Bible says uh, about uh, the people of faith. Hold on here for a second. Except my computer doesn't know it. Um, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, when it's talking about people who ran their race, I mean, they didn't just start. They finished the course that God had set them on. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to read it to you out of the, the King James. It says, uh, oh, let me read you verse 39. Where's my Bible? There it is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. It says, um, uh, 
And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And then he says this, and you keep reading because there's no chapter verse division in the original language. I learned that from my Hebrew Greek friends. In verse 1, so therefore... Therefore, we also, how, well, when, you know, I went to Bible school. They said, anytime you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. So therefore, we also, what's it, therefore, how many of you know the rest of that scripture? Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What's before you? You can't run the race that, that uh, or you can't, you can't literally finish the course God has for your life if you're always looking behind you. If you're always thinking it's what's before you that you have to consider, not what's behind you. You understand? Listen to me. I'm not saying stuff ain't there. But if you don't want it to be out there, you're going to have to consider something else. I'm not saying you don't have some stuff behind you, but I'm saying it's going to be before you if you don't learn to consider something else. And you say, why is it so important that we finish our course? Oh, because he says in verse 40, this is what it's there for. God has provided something better for us. Literally, he says all of these people in Hebrews 11 who literally stood they're, they're literally, uh, what's the word that they're, uh, when you have a, uh, they, they're, they're, they took their shift, you know, so to speak. They literally played their part in the, the they, they, they stood in the place God's given them. And then the Bible says that when it got down to whether or not they would consider disconnecting or not, they considered something better that was provided for you. Glory to God. Something better. I'm telling you something better. I like, what, I like how the scriptures define it. One translation says it like this. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to read you 12.1 first of all in a different translation. Let us, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I don't know what you think surrounds you, but you need to get informed that you are not the first one to step out on the stage and say, I believe God. You know, when you think it's all about you, then when you have problems, you think it's all about problems. You think it's all, the whole work of God is a problem. But no, no, you may have a problem. But your problem really is is not uh, the issue that's important at this point. I mean, I'm not telling you to discount it. I'm just saying you need to look to something beyond that. Because God has something better and he has it for you. And he says this, it says, looking away uh, from all that will distract. Oh, let me read the first part. Let us run with patient endurance, steady, active persistence, the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Appointed. You know that times the Bible says in Habakkuk that, that the vision is for an appointed time. In other words, you can see something when you understand the place God has given you in his plan. You see things. The vision and the time go together. Appointed time. Appointed. In other words, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by divine appointment. But you have to, you have to kind of run your course with certain, I like to tell people this, principles are what holds your life together. Principles never change. Principles are the foundation of your faith. Methods, uh, somebody said principles never change. Methods always do. uh, Methods may be many, but principles are few. In other words, when you learn the secrets, the, the, the signposts that hold your life together, and when you, li- you just kind of, you know, every day you just take another look at those things. What happens? He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and you look at those things, and what's going to happen when you look at those things? You think it's just about, you know, uh, dealing with this issue in your life right now, but it's really more than that. It's about 
finishing the course that God has for you. And really, finishing isn't even just about you. It's about the purpose of God. He says, all of these men and women of faith who have borne testimony to the truth, that literally, when it came up to the day, not one of them ever complained or talked about, uh, the, the, you know, uh, that they would wish they had not invested their life in the work of God. Not one of them ever regretted the day that they bowed their knees and said, Jesus, I give you my life. And when they would consider what would happen next, they considered the fact that it would not end with them but that they were a part of something greater and the work of God was not going to get worse it was getting better and that better time is provided for us Woo! glory to God you all know what it's called don't you it's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ so now how many of you want to run your appointed race you know, it's really, when he says your, he's not, he's really talking to the church collectively. But there, I have three points and actually one other thing that I want to help you to see, to help you run the appointed race, that the word of God says it's better. It's something better. I love how it says, I'll just give you this, you can just listen. Hebrews 1, 4 says we have a better inheritance. Hebrews seven nineteen says we have a better hope. Hebrews 8, 6 says we have a more uh, excellent or better ministry because he's the mediator of a better covenant which is established upon better promises hebrews 9 23 says it's a better sacrifice not the blood of of, go, of goats bulls and goats but the blood of the lord jesus christ that eternally testifies we are delivered you don't have to get up here and slaughter a lamb tonight to feel free all you need to do is consider something better Hallelujah. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11.35 says we have a better resurrection. And as I just read to you, Hebrews 11.40 says it's just something better for you. But now I want to talk to you for just a moment, and we're going to kind of pick up tomorrow night in some of this too, about running the appointed course that God has set for you. Glory to God. Because church, I'm telling you, church, we are not a rotary club. We are not just a group of people who all gotten together because, you know, we all, you know, kind of think the same way. I doubt that very sincerely. It's really not about you all thinking the same way. It's about you joining together under one purpose, one call, one call, one vision, one God, one Lord and Father of all. And the power of the Spirit of God is that he takes all of your differences and he unites them under one purpose that is greater than anything that God has ever done. Ever done. Listen, I was reading... I was reading today when Moses was talking to the children of Israel after when they were, yeah, that's what I want to say to you. Oh, I was reading today when Moses was, was Moses was, I'm just joking. When Moses was talking to the children of Israel about how that everything God had done for them and how that, you know, that they, they, they'd seen the fire of God, that they had seen and been led by a pillar of fire and cloud, a cloud by day and fire by night and how they'd had water out of a rock and how that God had made sure provided for their every need. There was not one sick among them. He brought them out with silver and gold. And he said, he said, you, he said, what God has done for you. He said, no one has ever Ever seen God do this kind of stuff before? He said, I mean, this is just major stuff, you understand. And I thought as he, I was reading that today uh, out of Deuteronomy 4, I thought about something better. I thought, yeah, that's great. But the Bible says that we have something better than a mount that is full of fire. We literally have the very fire of God on the inside of us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the voice of God that speaks of better things than that of the voice of Abel. The blood that literally cleanses us continually from sin. Woo! Hallelujah. So now, 
I got three things to tell you to help you to run and your appointed course. It's an appointed course. That word, uh, 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 divinely appointed uh, uh, positioning by the power of God. Listen, you don't always understand everything when you, you get on course. You don't always understand everything. You don't, uh, um, the Bible says this, though. You need to remember this, Psalms 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. That's really good, but I really like verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. One translation says, though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I thought about Peter. When he looked up and said, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, immediately Jesus reached out. Why? Because he took a step of faith. He might have started to sink, but he was in position to receive help in time of need. What happens when you take a step of faith? You might stumble, but you're also in position to receive help. You say, but I stumbled. Well, you need to get your eyes off the stumble and put your eyes on the one who's got his hand outreached to pull you out of that place. Even if you stumble, I love this because people say, well, the steps of a good man order the Lord. You know, he's going to direct me where I should go. But then he says, even if you take a wrong step, he said, I'll help you. I'll help you out. Hallelujah. You say, why do you need to know that? Because, you know, somebody said, what could you do without, what, what could you do if you knew you would not fail? I mean, you know. That's a nice thought, but you know, really, I'll give you a better one. What would you not let failure keep you from doing? Because I got news for you in here tonight, brother. As good as you are, you're still a six. God requires 100% and he doesn't grade on a curve. Hallelujah. So, you know, what would you not let failure keep you from doing? Okay, I know some of y'all must be, you should be up here preaching, I guess, because you don't have any of those problems, do you? Okay. Don't like it. (laughs) So, are y'all ready? Are you okay? This is kind of a happy hour sermon. I'm going to give you this here. In Luke chapter 19, really, because God, Jesus is on his appointed course. Get back over here in Luke chapter 19. And Jesus is on his appointed course. And literally, it says in verse 1 that he has entered and passed through Jericho. This was his last time through Jericho. How many of you remember what happens in Jericho? Walls fell down. Walls fell down, but remember what happened after that? The Bible says that God told him nothing will ever, ever uh, be built here again. And anyone who does build anything here, they'll be cursed. Because why? They tried to withstand the plan of God. And he said it'll never be able to withstand it, uh, anything again. Literally, a place of destruction and desolation. But he goes right through there on his way to the cross. And what a wonderful story how a divinely appointed plan from God gets turned around in a place of desolation. And the Bible says this. It says in Luke chapter 19 that that there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. (laughs) Glory to God. All right, y'all listen now. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Woo, glory to God. What are we going to see here? We're going to see that, that a man named Zacchaeus who was rich, he seemingly had all advantages, but the Bible says he was too short to see and he wanted to see Jesus. So what did he do? I just got three points for you to get on your appointed course. Well, he was too short to see. So the Bible says he ran ahead of the crowd. He might have been too short to see, but he could run ahead of the crowd. Number one, use what you have. You say, why do you want me to use what I have? Because it'll keep you from giving up. It'll keep you from giving up. I'm talking about being in the appointed place and running your race, the course that is set before you. Zacchaeus could have stood back and he could have gotten mad and seen the crowd and thought, you know, there's just not a place for me. It's not fair. 
It's just not fair. Life's not fair. He rich everything else, but he still is not in the place that he needs to be. And so, but the Bible says he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. What did he decide to do? He decided to use what he had. And what happened? He didn't give up. People who give up, you know why they give up? Because they don't use what they have. Remember this. God will always take something you have in the natural and use it to start a supernatural result in your life. It's a principle of faith. Principles never change. He'll take something you have in the natural, whether it's the woman with a cruise of oil that she said wasn't enough. And he said, oh, it's more than enough. Just give me a little piece for before you do that. You say, why? Because when you get God involved, when you use what you have, you are literally linking hands. Remember that? What I told you about the first night about expectation. The Bible says my expectation is in God. Psalm 62. It's the same word that's in Joshua 2 that says that scarlet line that Rahab put out her window literally became a, a, a life-changing destiny from where she was to where she was going to be. But that cord, that line, that word is the same word, expectation. And literally, she put her expectation in God, and she used what she had to obtain what she wanted. And God took something in the natural to provide for a supernatural highway to bring the supply she had no other way. Use what you have. If you don't use what you have, What will happen? You'll give up. You'll come to a dead end. You'll think there's nowhere to go from there. And all God's wanting you to do is climb a tree. That's it. Just climb a tree. Use what you have. And you say, well, I don't have much. You know, that's all God needs. He'll take little. He'll take a little. He doesn't care. Peter had little faith. Jesus knew he had little faith. You don't think he knew that? But the Bible says, he said, come. With little faith, Jesus told him to come. Why? Because he knew if he started, if he needed help, he was in position to receive it. Faith puts you in position to receive supernatural help. You want to get in position? Use what you have. Oh, glory to God. So don't give up. Uh, And so, uh, you, you know, just remember, you don't have to know everything. Just Just act on what you do know. You don't have to know everything. Zacchaeus was short, but he ran ahead of the crowd. If you'd have stopped him and asked him why he was running, all he would have said was, I want to see Jesus. You say, well, sometimes I feel like running too. And you say, why? Oh, I just, I just love Jesus. Good enough reason for me. Go for it. If you wait long enough, you're going to talk yourself out of the supernatural positioning that God's trying to get you in. Faith will get you in a position to receive what you are uh, by the supernatural power of God. Hebrews 10, 39 says, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them to, that believe to the saving of the soul. Message Bible says, we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. One more says, our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery. There's nobody as, as, as sad as someone who's decided to sit down and quit at the wrong time and utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to, trust in, rely on God through Jesus Christ. And by faith, we preserve our soul. Hallelujah. Oswald Chambers said this, beware of going back to what you were once when God wants you to be something you have never been. You try to make a great sacrifice when God's looking for obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Samuel lost his place, his divinely appointed place, because he chose to sacrifice instead of obey. Beware of going back. Even if it's a place of, you say, well, I just, just," you know, going back to what you know, where you've been when God's trying to get you to go where you've never gone before. Hallelujah. We're on a divinely appointed course of life in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Hold on here just a second. I want to give you another point. That's one point. Y'all okay? Hallelujah. And so then he says this. Uh, uh, um, uh, What happened here? I'm going to have to hold on a second. I'm going to have to move something here because my computer has tried to. I think it's got the power of God. It's getting overloaded. 
There we go. All right. So then he says that don't give up. Use what you have. If you, if you don't use what you have, you're going to give up. Number two. Now watch this now. You can either plan your life or you can discover God's plan for your life. If you're going to discover God's plan for your life, you're going to have to find that place of faith. If you plan your life, if you just plan your life, and you do not consider the promise of God, that is not the life of faith. When you live a life of faith, you consider the promise of God. Now, look what happened. It doesn't matter where you're in. It doesn't matter. Here is uh, uh, Zacchaeus. He's, li- he's in Jericho, a place where there's no hope, where there's no opportunity, where there's no future. And yet, look what it says here. It says about Jesus. It says, after Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd. In verse 5, when Jesus came to the place. One translation says, when Jesus uh, uh, reached the place or, uh, or when he, uh, the word place, I looked it up actually in the Greek. It literally means when he came to the opportunity, when he came to the occasion, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste for and come down for today I must abide at your house. Does that sound like God's got a a plan that's already happened before your problem or that's already been prepared before your problem ever happened? Does that sound that way? How did Zacchaeus get to that place? He used what he had. He didn't give up. And what place did he get into? He got into a place of faith. And the Bible says about that place, I like how it says in the message Bible, Jesus got to the tree. He looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Literally in the Greek, it says, it's determined and appointed that I go to your house. Hot dog. He just got a divine appointment. Glory to God. When you get a divine appointment, it doesn't matter. You can be in the place that's been cursed and where it's been destined for nothing to survive or have any future. And God can cause a resurrection to come right in the place of total desolation. Glory to God. I'm talking to you about keeping your eyes on that which is before so that you can finish the appointed course God has set for you. And literally Zacchaeus, he says, uh, Jesus reached the place and he looked up and he said, I must stay at your house today. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That word without, if you look it up. It's a very interesting word. It literally means a place, a space, or a territory by itself, outside of faith, a location. In other words, faith is a location. It's a positioning by the Spirit of God. For what? For you to receive the help that you need that only comes because Jesus Christ has delivered you and given you a supernatural reservoir of life, healing, power, and glory and authority that cannot be stopped. Cannot be stopped. Listen. He said, do not discover God's plan for your life. Find the place where Abraham said in Genesis 22. Y'all okay? He said, Abraham called the name of the place. Well, what place? The place that God said, go up to that mount, offer on that mount a sacrifice. Go to that place of sacrifice. But he went there by obedience. Listen to me. If you're doing something, you know, sacrifice without obedience, it's nothing. But when you put them together. Sacrifice plus obedience brings divine provision. Woo! Hallelujah. So here is uh, Abraham in Genesis 22. And he said he called the name of that place. I'm talking about where you end up. I'm talking about where God is working, telling you to walk toward, climb a tree for. I'm talking about when Jesus looks up and he knows this is the spot where somebody has taken a step of faith. And he looked up and the Bible says, he looked up and he called his name. We have no reason, we have no uh, 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 explanation for how he knew his name. Listen to me, nobody might know what you do, but God always knows. Listen, he doesn't get confused. When you offer up a sacrifice of praise, he knows it. Listen, it's not a, listen to me, he loves you whether you do it or not, but when you do it, you position yourself. 
And, and it says that, that Abraham found that he called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. The name of that place, you can call Jesus Jehovah Jireh, but he called it, it was the name of a place. It was the name of a place. It's not just his name. It's the name of the place that he brings you to. The Lord will provide. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurry here. Uh, and it says, uh, so, so here is Abraham. And this, remember this. Just remember this. Because Abraham, God spoke to Abraham. And he literally didn't know everywhere he was going. Abraham didn't see anything but who he was. But God saw who he would be. That's why he was asking him to move. I know it's challenging. Believe me. I don't even think about some things because if I do, it's just, you know, it's just more than I can. I I don't have answers for everything. Some of the things that God has asked of us to do in this hour. But I found out something about what God is asking you to move. There's always a reason why you can't do it then. Zacchaeus was too short. Bartimaeus was blind. And Jesus was walking down the road. There's always a reason why you can't. But when you understand the timing and purpose of God, listen to me. You may just, just don't focus on that. Focus. What are you going to focus on? Who Jesus is, what he's done. And what does that do? It causes you to see something before you. Come on church. Cause we're, we're headed. We're, you understand two eyes in the front of your head. You want to know why God wants you to make some progress. Hallelujah. Oh, one more thing. It says, so uh, he, 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 he may answer. You may, you may talk to God where you are, but he sees where you're going. And, and it says that as he, as he uh, spoke, it, it, watch the rest of this. I want to read the rest of this. So he said, so he made haste, verse 6 of Luke 19. And he came down and received him joyfully. Someone said, I never seen Jesus act like some of y'all act when you get happy. Oh, I like what someone said. Yeah, but everybody he touched did. I never saw Jesus that. Yeah, but everybody he touched did. He He, touched me. (laughs) He touched me. And then they're so sad. You just can't cry. And he does touch you that way, but he also touches you. (laughs) So he received him joyfully. Watch this. Now I just got one more thing. It says, but when they, but listen, he received him joyfully when they saw it. Who are they? Well, you decide. They all complained, saying, he's going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Who are you? Are you them or are you somebody else? Somebody always complains when God's moving in your plan, and the plan of God's moving in your life. Always complains. Listen, if a complaining bothers you, you're just going to be bothered. I mean, you know, just don't let it bother you. Somebody, there's always somebody who thinks, you know, I just don't think that's necessary. Well, you know. I do. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I mean, you know, I'm glad you go you do what you think. But I mean, I know what it takes for me to finish my course. It oh, takes yeah. joy. Yeah. Paul said, finish your course with joy. I've just learned I've been around enough people to know if you don't know how to get happy in the Lord. I mean, you know, you're going <laughs> to, you're just not going to make it. I mean, you all look better when I drink a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looks better, even me. I mean, I look better. But watch what he says here. Zacchaeus stood and he said, Lord, now watch this now. This is my third point. Don't dwell on what you can't change. Do something different with what you already have. You know, listen now. Watch what Zacchaeus does here. He looks at me. He says, Lord, I give Half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. What did Zacchaeus do? He took something he already had and he used it in a different way. Woo, I'm talking about walking out that appointed course, that glow-in-the-dark scripture, that word that comes from God. You're looking for something else. Take something that you already have and use it in a different way. Don't dwell on what you can't change. Learn to think and talk differently about what's the, the very same thing because God can use the same thing in a new way. And you say, what happened when, when, when uh, Zacchaeus th- did this? Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he's also a son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Woo! 
and to God, oh, Zacchaeus was just using what he had, but he was using it in a new way. God will take the same thing and he'll use it in a new way. And when he does that, what happens is you get on a course of pre-appointed, pre-planned. Listen, you, I mean, you know, you, you, your, your actions cooperating with your faith will cause you to be a hero of faith. That's how James, that's how James says Abraham became a hero of faith. It was his actions cooperating with his faith. Listen, are you with me? Come on and you say, what's happening when we move out like that? Something better. Woo, you're setting a new, listen, you're setting a new standard, one that's never been seen before on this earth where blind eyes are open, where deaf ears are, uh, and people who are in bondage and captivity to sin and sorrow and their lives that have been marked by the evil. The Bible, the, the Bible talks about in the last days that men will be lovers of themselves, that they'll be high-minded, they'll be, they'll, they'll be lovers of, of, of uncertain riches, and that they'll just not even... The Bible says that they'll heap into themselves teachers having itching ears. They don't even want a pastor. They just want somebody who will tell them what they want to hear. But he says, you, oh, man of God. Oh, I love how he told Timothy. He said, but you know, you've seen what I followed, my manner of life, my doctrine, my love, my perseverance. Read that and it'll just set you on fire. And you'll see those things in there that kept Paul on course, that they were greater. And he got into the divinely appointed flow of the spirit of God and literally became someone who we're still talking about today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me, church. We've just begun. We've just begun. Something better is cooking today. Oh, glory to God. Everybody, you know what? I I read this, that they actually took, they called them sham electrodes. Because they they told people that they were going to put little things on their face and cause them, you know, cause them to smile. So they told them, you know, just literally on purpose made them raise up each side of their sides of their mouth. And then they had another group that they didn't do it to. They showed them both cartoons and the ones that were like this. <laughs> laughed more at the cartoon. <laughs> In other words, they, they said, even if it's a forced smile, it'll change the way you feel. <laughs> okay, y'all ready? All right, everybody. One, two, three. I mean, even if you got to force the turned up size, boy in the back, boys, boys in the back. Go ahead, smile on the back. There you go. See, Woo, they're laughing. Oh, glory to God. Hey, yeah, now just look at your neighbor and go, you look so stupid. Oh, no. I can't help it. It's not because I'm smiling. Oh, glory to God. Are y'all in the place that God, listen to me, I found out something really walking by faith. You're not, it's not, not like a Star Trek movie, a leap, you know, where no one's ever been to before. You're literally putting your feet in the place that God in Christ Jesus has walked through every adversity. Like someone said, if you see footprints in a minefield, step in them. Well, I got news for you. We got some footprints in a minefield. Step in them. God in Christ Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness. He set us free. We got every reason in the world to be optimistic. Even if you got to climb a tree, brother, you're in a divinely appointed position. Hallelujah. Oh, I just feel like shouting. Anybody want to shout with me? Glory. Number one, you're going to use what you have because if you don't, you'll give up. Number two, you're going to discover God's plan for your life. Take the word of God. Take the truth of God's word and just go ahead and live in the awareness of what he's done and let that plan begin to direct you into a new position. And number three, don't dwell on what you can't change, but do something different with what you already have because God can use the same thing in a new way. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, you didn't think we could do that. Really, actually, bring something together. There's actually had a sense of uh, connection, did you? Listen to me. God's got his hand on your life strong. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know where you thought you mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. You know, without Jesus and seeing who he is, you're going to feel pretty hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I think Zacchaeus must have felt that way before he heard Jesus was coming through. He wasn't sick. He wasn't poor. Seemingly had everything he needed. But he didn't have Jesus. And the cry of his heart put him in a place that he could have never gotten with any of his money. He was able to receive the mercy The Bible says, I came to seek and to save. One translation says, find and restore. You know what I realized? Before Zacchaeus ever was looking for Jesus, Jesus was looking for him. Literally, he found the place and he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, you know what he said? I came here for you. I came here for you. The word says that God was in Christ, restoring the world to favor with him. Not counting up against us our sins, but blotting them out. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I I just think there's somebody in here tonight that you just need to make that repositioning in your life.